Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Don't forget to check out our Cruise Radio Facebook page. Yeah, just search out Cruise Radio on Facebook. Or if you want to check out the Cruise News, hook up with our Cruise Radio News Facebook group. Just type in Cruise Radio News on Facebook. All right, well, on this episode, Jessica just got back from a five-night sailing out of Tampa aboard Carnival Paradise. So we'll get a review of Paradise here in a few minutes. But first, as always, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. Uh, Breaking news off of Bloomberg, all kind of wires going crazy right now from the Carnival Corporation camp. What's going on? Well, the news is going to break here in the the U.S. on Tuesday at 9 Mm a.m. that Carnival Corporation is going to be uh, doubling the number of cruise brands cruising in china so currently there's princess and costa they are going to add doug this is really going to surprise a lot of people mm-hmm. but carnival cruise line and aida cruises will both be joining their sister company so carnival corporation will have four cruise lines sailing with ships in china in 2017 so four of its 10 brands will have at least one home ported ship so uh, that's pretty uh, pretty impressive growth in such a very short period of time. Well, it's certainly interesting. Do we have any word, like, uh, of course, Carnival Vista is coming out in 2016. Uh, Is this going to be a purpose-built ship for the Chinese market, or are they going to deploy a current Carnival Cruise Line ship? Well, Doug, I I think it's up for speculation at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now, Carnival does only has Vista for 16, and then they have an unnamed ship for 2018. So I'm going to speculate it's going to be one of their existing ships that, you know, something that they can make some adjustments to and uh, is right size for the market. Well, moving on here, speaking of China, Norwegian Cruise Line announced that they're going to China too. Well, they are returning. They they did have one brief season in 2001-2002 on what was uh, Norwegian wind way back then. So uh, they, they are going to be out there with their first ship it will be the so essentially they're going to be coming in right behind you know a year later after royal caribbean's ovation of the seas which is touted as the first purpose-built ship mm-hmm. and then uh, princess cruises majestic princess will be coming in after norwegian ship but it was interesting doug when you know the, a couple of weeks ago when you know i was in germany for the steel cutting of what was supposed to be norwegian bliss mm-hmm. when uh, ncl released that made the the press release they didn't mention Norwegian Bliss. They just called it hull number 694, Right, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that was the first clue that uh, there are some changes coming with the order of ship deployments. So what we know now is that 694 is the ship that is going to go to China that will debut in the spring of 2017, which means Norwegian Bliss won't arrive until 2018 into the U.S. market. So whenever they put these ships over there in China, is it more like what? How was it designed? How was it different from a ship here in the U.S.? Well, I mean the the, the Chinese, Doug, they they like casinos, mm-hmm. they like shopping, they like casinos, they like restaurants, and they like casinos. <laughs> so uh, gotcha. you can expect to have more casinos and shopping opportunities 
on board uh, ship, you know, number on hull number six ninety four, which you know the new NCL ship that is now under construction. Moving on here, Carnival opened up a new pier. It's not a brand new pier in Cozumel, but it's an extension, right? It's a third berth. Mm-hmm. So it, it is an extension of their facility there. They spent about $20 million on this new, essentially it's like an arm. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, you probably didn't know this, but uh, Cozumel is the Caribbean's most visited port and maybe uh, you know the top two in the world. Wow, I did not know that, um, but that's it's, uh, uh, it's it's a big number. Uh, I mean, they're they're probably bringing in between Carnival and in Royal Caribbean alone, they're probably bringing in over five million people a year. Wow, that's huge. So it's, it's pretty extensive into that Western Caribbean port. And uh, speaking of new piers, Carnival Corp opened a brand new destination. The Dominican Republic is called Amber Cove. What do we know about this one? Well, I was down there, you know, just a few weeks ago, and uh, it's an eighty-five million dollar facility that Carnival Corp built that will be used by eight of its ten brands. It's an outstanding facility, and it's very exciting because I think people will go down there, uh, will go on a cruise just to visit Amber Cove. It's probably one of the most extensive facilities I've built. It's, it's, it's like if you've been to Falmouth, which is something that Royal Caribbean built, it's similar. There's a nice facility, but the infrastructure that was built to get passengers to be able to enjoy the northern coast of the Dominican Republic is pretty extensive. New roads, thousands of jobs, all kinds of new tours for passengers to get an idea of what the Dominican Republic is all about. And uh, the facility itself is pretty extensive. Um, Of course, they've got tons of shopping, uh, eating opportunities uh, right there at the pier. They have uh, they brought the, uh, those over the water cabanas that uh, you may or bungalows that you may have seen in uh, let's say in Tahiti or in Bora Bora, Doug. Mm-hmm. And so it's a great place to you know rent. You can rent those for the day, and you know you can you know hang off the dock. They've got jacuzzis in them, so it's a wonderful place to entertain a few people, or they have even bigger ones for people that have larger parties. And um, you know they have water slides and pools for the kids and the family and. There's all kinds of activities, so it's a, it's a great facility, and uh, but it really is a wonderful launching point for people to be experience the northern coast of the Dominican Republic. Do you think people will want to leave the gates though of the DR? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's I, I went all over the the area, not only experiencing what the cruise passengers, the regular cruise passengers, but I also experienced what the Fathom passengers, mm-hmm. you know, experience. I mean, as did you. And uh, I, think you'd, I think you'd agree that uh, people are going to be excited to really get out and, and, and explore and, and go on some of these you know, pretty exciting and, and fun-filled activities. All right. Well, moving on here, Princess Cruises, new ship coming out, also like NCL, going to be a, an Asian-based ship. But they recently just named it, right? They did. We're going to know her as the Majestic Princess. Okay. But uh, she's also going to have a Chinese name. And uh, it's going to be uh, Shengxi Gong Zhao Hao, Zhu Hao. Really? <laughs> Which uh, their, their Chinese-based uh, employees um, said it means uh, Grand World or Grand Spirit, one of the three. Okay. But it's, uh, it's a 143,000-ton ship, purpose-built for the Chinese market, and uh, she will uh, you know, debut in the summer of 2017. And last but not least, Royal Caribbean announced a pretty big refurbishment coming up for Liberty of the Seas. Well, this uh, you know was uh, at one time <laughs> their largest ship back in uh, 2007, 
and uh, she is being committed to uh, the market to sale out of Galveston, Texas. And they're going to be adding, um, you know, a lot of new stuff. It is a 3,634 passenger, you know, 100 and was 154,000 tons. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to add the water slides. So this will be the first Royal Caribbean ship to actually have the water slides beating out the upcoming Harmony of the Seas. <laughs> so this will be the first ship that has uh, the, you know, the water slides. So they're getting in the game. Which do you know who started the water slides? Is it Carnival? Carnival. Yeah. Figures. <laughs> you know, everyone thought it was comical when they had these water slides out by the pool. And I mean, look where look where this has gone today. It's, <laughs> it's just crazy. It's water wars. <laughs> Isn't that, that that could be what it, what, you, what you could call it? Yeah. But they are also adding uh, restaurants. They're going to have a Mexican restaurant on board, which certainly makes sense coming out of Texas. Mm-hmm. Called Saber. They're going to have uh, Italian restaurant. They're going to add Giovanni's Table, which is definitely uh, a favorite. They're going to add some new cabins, so they'll, they'll make some nice adjustments. And um, you know, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be uh, well received down there in, in Galveston. We've been talking with Stuart Shira on the Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, buddy. Hey, my pleasure. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Every day, thousands of cruisers set sail to the Caribbean and are increasingly choosing their shore excursions through cruisingexcursions.com. Why cruising excursions? With prices up to 60% lower than cruise lines, around-the-clock customer service, and guarantees that give you a peace of mind, why not? So whether you're looking to zipline in Jamaica, snorkel in Nassau, or see Mayan ruins in Mexico, market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com has you covered. Book your family's next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. We always like to get your cruise reviews. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at CruiseRadio.net, like Jessica. She just returned from a sailing out of Tampa aboard Carnival Paradise, and she joins us this evening. Hello, Jessica. Hello, Doug. Hi there. So uh, before we talk about Carnival Paradise, let's take a step back and talk about your pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail Carnival Paradise? Actually, funny story, we got this cruise for free because my husband's company took all the managers in the area on a cruise. (laughs) Nice, nice. You you can't beat a free cruise then. That's awesome. So, uh, well, we'll we'll jump right to you're down in the Tampa area. So getting to the port, was it, uh, did you park at the pier or how'd you get there? We actually just got dropped off and then we took an Uber home. Oh, yeah, we'll have to talk about that because uh, so Ubers can actually go to cruise piers? Mm-hmm. Yep, no issues there. Awesome. Oh, that's very cool. So uh, let's talk about once you arrived to the Tampa Cruise Terminal, was the Paradise the only ship in port? It was at the time, yes. Yeah, very nice. So how was embarkation for you? Perfect. No issues. Line wasn't too bad. We arrived um, right in the middle of the boarding time, so right around 2 p.m. And uh, no issues. Probably like 10-minute wait and got on, took pictures usual. Nice. So it was like 10, 15 minutes from the curb to the ship? Mm-hmm. Nice. Wow, that's really fast. Because Tampa can be, uh, especially if there's a couple of ships in port, it could be a cluster there. 
trying to get on a ship yeah. there. Yeah, it's, I've done it a couple times. I did um, last summer on Legend and then uh, a couple of years ago on Jewel of the Seas, and it was a disaster down there. So glad to see things are speeding up a little bit. Uh, you got on, on board Carnival Paradise. What was your first impression? I mean, you know, you know you're getting on an older ship. It's a smaller ship. I thought everything looked, you know, very well-maintained, clean. There, there was surprisingly plenty of room to move around. It was a little crowded mm-hmm. down in the atrium getting on with the bar right there and then guest services and things. No, not as much space on a newer, bigger ship for that kind of stuff is on this one. But, you know, we just went up to the pool deck, got out of the way until we took off. It was fine. Yeah, you know, Carnival Paradise was launched as uh, a non is like the world's first non-smoking ship. And uh back in the 90s that didn't fly to a, it lasted I think like a couple of years and it went back to smoking, but uh, it, you can look on the side of the ship and you can see the big cigarette with an X over it if you're on another ship looking at it. Did you know that? I did not know no. that. Yeah, That's it was, interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool there. You can still just kind of see the paint outlines if you're like uh, at a dock looking up at the ship. Um, so moving on here, let's go to your stateroom. You get to your stateroom. So what kind of stateroom did you have, and what were your impressions of it? We had an ocean view stateroom because this is an older ship. There are a very limited number of balconies. They're mostly in the suites. Mm-hmm. So we had an ocean view on deck six, which was high enough up in the ship to you know not cause problems where you might hear the water outside because we've had that issue before. Nice stateroom, good size. I was actually pretty surprised with the age of the ship that the shower was pretty big. We didn't have any issues with like rubbing your elbows on the wall or anything while you were in the shower. Well-maintained, you had the newer bedding, overall pretty nice. The only issue I noticed personally was in the bathroom, you didn't get little travel size samples. They mm-hmm. still had like the soap and shampoo on the wall, like a gym shower. Yeah, yeah. So other than that... Uh, it was you and your husband in the stateroom. Did you find that there was plenty of space for all of your uh, luggage and everything? Yes, I had no I had no issues there. We took one large suitcase for the two of us. I was able to unpack it and stow it in the closet thing they give you with the life jackets. Awesome. Very nice. Well, let's take a turn here and talk about dining aboard Carnival Paradise because, yeah, it is an older ship, so it doesn't have all the new bells and whistles. So let's start at the uh, the Lido Deck Marketplace and work our way down. What were your impressions of the buffet area? I actually thought the buffet was very good. Now, I will admit that we are not huge buffet eaters. Like We try to take as many meals in the main dining room as we can, but for breakfast and lunch, zero issues. I, we did the omelet station a few mornings, and then they have the walk station on board, which my husband absolutely loves. He did that three or four times <laughs> for lunch. And then inside, they have the deli station for sandwiches and small things like that, which I enjoy. Let's talk about the main dining room. Uh, what kind of dining did you have? We did the anytime dining. This is the first time we've ever done that. And honestly, personally, not a huge fan. I think I'll go back to the assigned dining time. Uh, you say not a huge fan. Why, uh, why was that? Every cruise I've ever been on, we get quite a big social experience out of, I guess, being assigned to a certain table. We always try to get seated with strangers versus just the two of us. And then you also get a chance to bond with your wait staff a little bit, especially the the longer you're on a cruise, you just have more and more conversations that build every night. Mm-hmm. So we lost a little bit of that with the anytime dining, which is kind of sad. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. Uh, as far as the taste bar, was that on that ship? Yes, it was. I didn't notice that. We did not actually eat it there, though. No. Okay, gotcha. Let's move on to entertainment then. Uh, Carnival Paradise does have a couple of the Funship 2.0 Entertainment Editions. So what were your uh, impressions of the entertainment on this sailing? 
We did not do any of the traditional like Broadway-style song and dance type shows. Normally, I try to do one, but we just didn't get around to it. The comedy was pretty good. They had two or three different comedians. We were only able to see two shows because it was packed. As usual, you normally have to show up 30 minutes early for that, and we just didn't make it. But great comedians. I thought the, the onboard music acts, where they're usually playing in the little lounges and stuff, I thought those were very good. That's mainly what we went and watched. Okay, interesting. Very nice. And, uh, around the ship, as far as like the piano bars or the outside bands or inside bands, how was that for you? It was really good. And I, I think they, for how small the ship is, I think they do a really good job spacing the acts out so that your ears aren't assaulted <laughs> at any given point <laughs> in, the, in the ship. Very nice. Let's talk about this. Actually, the days at sea when you're on this ship, because one thing that really defines a cruise ship is how it behaves both inside and out with passenger flow and all of that on sea days. So how was sea days inside this ship? Uh, we actually had a really good time on our days at sea. It didn't feel like the ship was overly crowded. The cruise director and his and his group, um, the ca- the social calendar was mm-hmm. really full. So on the first day at sea, I was actually you know kind of moving from event to event without any issues, which was nice. Uh, my husband mostly hung out in the casino, and he didn't have any issues with crowds or anything in there either. Any uh, any poolside activities or lounging by the pool at all? We did, but we did most of our lounging on the Serenity deck, which on this ship was a little bit of like a treasure hunt to find. <laughs> so um, that area of the ship was not crowded. Is uh, Serenity on that ship on the back? Yes. Yeah. It's on the back of deck nine. You have to actually walk through a lounge that's right and go through a door so yeah. it, it was we're, we were confused about how to get out there oh wow okay very nice uh, and what ports did you hit on this sailing we actually went to grand cayman and cozumel okay and what'd you do in grand cayman we stayed on the ship <laughs> it was uh we were we were only in port for half a day and you had to tender to get to the island so we just honestly didn't deal with it we'd been there before yeah okay very nice and how about cozumel Cosmo, we um, we didn't book an excursion or anything this time because we had done the Mayan ruins before. Um, I actually attended one of the shopping seminars on board, mm-hmm. and so when we were in port, we went and hit some of the stores like Del Sol, where we got our lifetime guarantee sunglasses. I guess they say it's the last pair of sunglasses you'll ever buy. Uh-huh. So um, we went ahead and, and did that in a few of the other shops. Nice. As far as onboard shopping, uh, I saw in your review where you uh, you hit Park West, the uh, the art auction. It's very rare that anybody ever tells me that they went to the art auction on the ship. Uh, how was that? And that was honestly fabulous. I think that was one of the best activities I did. Nice. Did you walk away with a piece of art or anything? Uh, I did not when they started auctioning off and telling what the prices of things were. Um, <laughs> that being said, I did discover a lot of artists that I would like to follow to see if I could collect some of their work in the future. Very nice. Well, uh, in closing here, do you have any been there, done that tips for people who may be considering uh, sailing Carnival Paradise? I think one of the main things is just to go with the flow. Like, don't don't necessarily feel like you need to try and hit every little thing or every little activity. Pick one or two things you want to do. Pick one or two things you want to do when you're in port. And the rest of the time, just relax. You know, you're there. You're on vacation. Just chill mm-hmm. out. Did you do any of the drink packages or anything like that while you are on board? We actually did not do the cheers package. That being said, my husband spent so much money in the casino that when you reach a thousand points or whatever on your sign and sale card, they give you the equivalent of the cheers package, but you have to order your drinks in the casino. Uh, so the house wins he either got, way. He, so he got that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, uh, what are your final thoughts of Carnival Paradise, Jessica? 
Um, overall, I had a really good time on the ship. I like the smaller class of ships. I like the port and the proximity to my house, and I like the itineraries that they offer. So we'll probably continue to cruise out of Tampa on ships the size of the Paradise. Nice. Very nice. We've been talking with Jessica. She just returned on a five-night Western Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Paradise, hitting Grand Cayman and Cozumel. Jessica, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, have a good one. All right. Thanks, Doug. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.